Basic witches. Basic witches. I mean, we're witches. <laughs> Basically. Welcome back, witches. We have an awesome episode for you today with director Darren Bowsman, who did the Saw 2, 3, and 4 movies. No big deal. <laughs> MVD. <laughs> um, but before we jump into that, mm-hmm. hi. How are you guys? <laughs> how are you guys? Well, wait. You know, sometimes you just got to breathe. <laughs> um, it is your favorite witches. I'm Rachel LaForest. And I'm Leah Knauer, but you know that. Yeah. And we got a really nice email from one of our favorite baby witches listeners um, who you guys have heard me reference in doing a clandestine reading for this guy um, just over the phone. And there was all this overlap. It was the same week that we had our recording with Morgan J, um, the musician. And it was freaky because the listener's reading and Morgan Jay's reading were the same card. And of course I knew that because I, I did both readings. Mm-hmm. Um, but I now got this email with all these details from the listener. And I just want to share a little bit of the overlap because he said it was so crazy for him. He listened to the episode three times because <laughs> him and Morgan Jay had so much overlap and crazy. the readings. The same. Yeah. But for example, they're both an Aquarius. Both of them lost their fathers when they were young, Morgan at six and the reader at five, the listener. Um, They were both raised by single moms, both spent a lot of alone time as kids, and both lost their virginity after 18. (laughs) I fucking love that. That's funny. Um, And then they both pulled Mary Magdalene. And it, it, I, you know who you are, clandestine uh, reading guy. And just thank you so much for the email. We're so glad that it did resonate Resonate. with you. And he's been using, um, calling on Mary Magdalene, the goddess to like help him. And it's cool. Yeah. And it seems like it's really helping him. So I'm so happy. And thanks for sharing those crazy freaky details. Yeah. Hell yeah. And then, um, I also wanted to tell you all about, I had a crazy experience with a reading for myself this past week. Um, so I was like crying, It was like a happy cry, but it came from a sad place. Mm -hmm. Um, Basically, with this this guy that I'm talking to Mm -hmm. um, was being very sweet to me, and it made some like former stuff with my my emotionally abusive ex made come up, and um, so I started just bawling about that, and I was like, okay, I feel like I need to pull a card. So I get out my deck and I'm just still crying. I'm like, oh my, I said out loud, I was like, oh my God, why am I crying so much? <sighs> and then as I'm shuffling through the cards, I heard immediately in my head, because you're being healed. Like it was a voice. It was my voice, but it was like I was answering mm-hmm. my own question. And then I fucking pulled Ixchel, medicine woman. And, <laughs> and her healing. very, yeah, various meanings of this card is you are being healed. Your situation <gasps> is being healed. You oh are a loved one or are being healed. Focus on healing. Like it's ah! like, oh my God, I, I yep. am a fucking witch. You're a witch, baby. Oh. Which baby soap? Ah, another <laughs> one of our sponsors. Ooh, we're gonna have a, another giveaway soon. Woo. Ooh, yes. Um, okay, yeah. So we're witches, and it's proven fact. So if anyone tries to fight with us, uh, just refer to this intro. Yes. Um, oh my god. All the uh, evidence you need. Yes, exactly. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Basic Witches Pod. Uh, DM us. But enjoy this episode. Hell yeah. I have to be honest with you. I rewatched Saw 2 today because oh, we were talking to you. you. <laughs> I love 
love the Saw movies so much. So yeah. it's really exciting to have you in here. Yeah. I hope I don't underwhelm. No, I'm no. underwhelmed. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just had to watch. It's so crazy. I just went and did uh, something last year at the New Beverly where they were, maybe a year and a half ago, where they were showing one of the Saw movies. And I haven't watched them since mm-hmm. I made them. Ah. So I can rewatch them to remember things. And it's crazy. How was that? It seems like a different lifetime. I mean, I was wow. I was 25 when I made wow. Saw 2. Oh, my gosh. And now I'm almost 40. So it's 26. So it was, it's crazy. I mean, yeah. it's been... Yeah, it's like 15 it's years. 15 or years. Or more I than 10. I know. Wow. Uh, so it's crazy. Just think about how much you've done in your life in 15 years. Mm. Yeah. And so now looking about that, it's just crazy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. even fucking two years ago, I was a different person. Oh, a totally. A different person. Like... Yeah. Living differently, days every day to day was different. Life mm-hmm. can change so much. Uh, and that's what movies to me are. They're like time capsules mm. of where I was in that moment of my time, and that, and it's mm-hmm. it's strange and it's weird. Yeah, yeah. And I Repo, this other movie I did called Repo: The Genetic Opera. Mm-hmm. Ten years. Uh, we're just doing the ten year anniversary right now, and that's just cool. so crazy. Oh, it's, it's like a decade. Where did time go? Yeah. And you know yeah. what's worse about Saw Two? There's a documentary on the making of it, and oh. like, if you look at me, like, <laughs> I, I'm full of like hope and optimism. <laughs> And like now, there's just sadness and regret. No, it's just, it's it's. You it's say that, but you're you're actually cheery. Like yeah. you're actually so nice. Don't ruin my street cred. Okay, all right, all right. He's a madman. Yeah, exactly. Was that, that scary? Is your street cred is madman. Is that scary to shoot? Like seeing all that? No, it, it's it, gory stuff. The only thing that's scary about Saw Two is I I had done nothing at that point in my mm, life. That's I, what's uh, scary. No, I, I went to film school and then I came to LA and I was um just a PA. Like I didn't mm-hmm. really have a reel. I didn't have. Any sort of uh, resume. Wait, who did you fuck? I, uh, <laughs> uh, you know what's crazy is that I no. I was Tara Reed's assistant when I got the job. Oh, stop! I, I oh say my that I, I keep saying that I wasn't really her assistant. I was her handler for okay. this movie called Van Wilder, which was oh that. my god, yes, Van Wilder. Yeah. Um, and I've I was so fired off of Van Wilder. Uh, oh my gosh! And, and uh, it, it was kind of the, the the tipping point that made me write Saw Two. It, when oh, I wrote it, it was nice. not Saw Two. It was something called The Desperate. It. Cool. Um, and that became Saw. They bought the script and turned it into Saw 2. But I, so cool. I mean, imagine, I was overnight penniless. I, on a <sighs> on a Monday, I was penniless. The, the classic cliche story, mm. living on yeah. a couch of a friend. Oh, um, my gosh. Eating just peanut butter sandwiches. Not even jelly. I couldn't even afford it. It was just the peanut butter. Just peanut butter. Uh, and the 10-cent ramens. And the next thing I know, I'm on a plane to Toronto to oh direct Saw 2. So it was, a, it was a crazy it was a crazy thing. Wild. Uh, so do you do you believe that that was cosmic? Like, mm. tell us about what you believe, and you're on a witchy podcast. Yeah. You, know? yeah. you were going to tell us. It. Yeah, <laughs> you, you you didn't used to believe, right? No, I've, I mean I've had a. If you go back since the Saw films, ninety percent of my work has dealt with either religion or the occult. Mm. Um, yeah, and I think that it's me. It's my own. We were mentioning. I don't know. if I think podcast was running. We were talking about that. Like movies are time capsules. About mm-hmm. where are you mm-hmm. in that moment of your life? Mm-hmm. Um, and so. I did a series of movies that dealt with the occult or dealt with things like that, Satanism or witchcraft, mm-hmm. because to me, I'm constantly trying to find out what I believe in. Mm. And so it's this way for me to just play in that cool. world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but talking about, I had a, a strain, I've talked about it before, but never, I, I mean, I, now that mm-hmm. time has passed, I can think about it more objectively, but I had a very intense, crazy, weird experience that kind of changed my interpretation of everything supernatural and everything. Um, I shot a movie in Barcelona uh, called 11-11, and the movie was horrifically bad. Um, (laughs) bad. But what happened behind the scenes was so 
can we swear on that? Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. yeah. Swear up. all the fuck yeah. you want. Yeah. <laughs> it was so fucked up and so crazy that when I, we started doing a documentary um, about the making of the movie, and okay. we started sending back footage to the distributor, and they wouldn't release it because it looks so fake and so set up that they were like, this this looks like a gimmick. And but like, this, this was is the not, documentary part? This is the documentary that what we were filming, what was going on in the house, <gasps> and <gasps> they thought it was staged, but it wasn't staged. <gasps> oh, my God. Holy that shit. sounds like an amazing yeah. movie. I know. Oh my so, God. so what was happening behind the scenes was much more dynamic than what was going on <gasps> in the camera. So and cool. it changed everything. I, I literally, and I've talked about this before, but I had a psychological break where like wow. I couldn't. I couldn't process what I was looking at or what I was seeing, and it did not fit with anything that I believed. So it literally caused me to crumble kind of into myself. <gasps> Holy. Um, Wait, so what exactly did you see? It's so see? hard to explain because it's not like we saw a ghost or I saw an apparition. It wasn't mm-hmm. anything like that. It was um, – so a little backstory. The The movie was filmed in Barcelona, and we shot it about an hour outside of the city uh, mm-hmm. on this really amazing mansion on the okay. Mediterranean Sea. Ooh. And um, we had been looking locations for weeks and weeks and weeks, and uh, everything just didn't fit. And I saw a picture of this house, and I was like, this is the house. Mm. And the location manager – I don't speak any sort of Spanish. No, my <laughs> wife speaks what's Catalan, which is, a di- mm. which is a type of what they speak in Barcelona. Yeah. Um, so I hear the location manager kind of yelling back and forth, and I didn't had no idea what was being said. Mm. And they said they would like you to look at other locations. And I said, no, this is the place. And there was this, I remember there was a look around everyone, and they just kind of looked like I asked them to eat a fart or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we, we go out there, and we see it, and I remember that there was a, like a main, this, a lot of this sounds like a bad horror movie, and that's why I don't even like talking about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a maintenance dude, um, oh caretaker of the house. <laughs> of that, that There was a gate in front of the house, and uh, he had a, se- a set of keys, and he would unlock it, but he would not go in. Oh, that was oh weird. my gosh. Shit. And so um, you heard him talking to the producers, and again, I had no idea what was being said. And there was a long, I would say 15-minute conversation before he let us in, and he would not go in. And I asked my AD, who was who spoke who spoke perfect English. I said, "What are they talking about?" And he says, "Oh, he's very superstitious about the house." That's all I said, superstitious. Mm, okay. And he said that gave it a little backstory. He said there was a cult that used to have <gasps> possession of the house before this. <gasps> And I'm going to give you real crazy facts, and you can look yes, it up on yes, the series. Yes, yes, yes. So, um, <laughs> oh, my so, God. Yeah, I'm so, so enthralled. So we were the first production to ever try to get the house. Um, and so the house is basically set vacant for years. And so when we walked into it, the first thing we see is what the last people left behind. Oh, okay. So it, the house was had no furniture in it. it had a, when you first walk in, there was a spiral staircase, beautiful marble mm. everywhere. Um, and I noticed ca- there were candles everywhere, and there was wax everywhere. Mm. And there were there were blindfolds and there were like silk ties and we found out was that they were using it for sex parties and oh, uh, hell yeah <laughs> it was a, a very um, and it, it dealt a little bit in sex magic but more than that it was a bunch of fanatics who probably loved eyes wide shut and yeah. mm-hmm. did did kind of weird shit mm. and so as you walked around you would just see mattresses that were lying in different rooms and you would see candles around them and you would see like like binds and things like that Whoa. and so but the house itself was amazing but immediately. There was just something I can't explain it outside of saying it just felt wrong. Like mm-hmm. you were in the house, and there was just something did not feel right. We got to the basement, and, and everything I'm going to tell you, I can mm. back up and show you pictures. Yeah, of yeah. So we went to the basement, and the floor was uneven, and so the floor basically had mounds in it. Okay. That it was weird. Like so you're walking over like mounds, and there were lots of them. Okay. Well, then there was a staircase, and the staircase went straight up to a, a newly bricked-in wall. When I said newly in the last 20 years, it was bricked up. Oh. But there was a staircase that walked up to it. Oh my so gosh. I loved the house. I said, this house is perfect. 
And when I walked outside, I had the AD translate to the caretaker, and I said, what is behind the bricked-up wall? And he got, I don't want to say mad, but he didn't want to talk about it. He said, I don't know. I don't involve myself in other people's business, and you shouldn't either. Okay. Oh, my so, God. So we get back to Barcelona and the actual city, and the production team had a meeting where they tried to dissuade me from using <laughs> And uh, long story short, I said no. Yeah. The, yeah. the production designer and team had a week before I got there to basically clean the house up. So I get back and the house looks beautiful. There's all the the, the beds are gone and the, and the like ties are gone, but there are these weird symbols over the doors and windows, and it looks like an H. Is the only thing I can say. Okay. And I asked them what it was, and they said it's left from the cult Umo, and it's I think it's spelled U M M O, but it's okay. it's a H. Okay. And okay. in their belief that it was a thing to protect the entrances of the house. And they would not touch them because they said it was bad luck. Mm. And in the meantime, all this time, I'm hearing people yelling behind me. And you can tell they're passionate about something. So I invite my wife the next day. And I'm like, there's yeah. some weird shit going on oh in this house. Like, I need you to come. Well, no one knows that my wife speaks Spanish or Catalan. Nice. So she's there. Oh, and she's yeah? listening to them. And she says, okay, they think this house is possessed. They think they said the house has bad mojo, that everyone that's bought the house has ended up leaving it. And uh, and I'm laughing because I, I have no belief in any of this. And I'm uh-huh. like, whatever. And I told them that I want all these symbols down, and they would not oh. do it. So my wife walks over and says, I'll do it. And we have this on video. It's part of that documentary. Yeah. Oh, my God. She goes over and she removes this H, this Umo symbol, throws it in the water. About two hours later, no. she, her temperature spiked to about 102, and we called no. a doctor in. No. She ended up being bedridden for about four days, having <gasps> vivid hallucinations. No. Now, no. Again, you hear that, and you're like, okay, that could be random. Maybe she <gasps> ate some bad seafood. I still am putting it together. And then we started <gasps> filming. And when we started filming, the amount of injuries, the amount <gasps> of hallucinations, the amount of people that were just passing out, including <gasps> our second AD, who was uh, walking through the yard, who said he was pushed and broke his leg. <gasps> what? Uh, one of the producers quit. And I remember we were in the middle of shooting, and you hear him running down the stairs, and he's, <gasps> he's taking off his walking, he's throwing things down. He said, nope, 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 nope. And we asked, the translation was, is that... He was in a room, and he looked at the ceiling, and there was something on the ceiling. And it, it, what he described, even it was just terrifying. It sounds like something from, like, Haunting on Hill House. Oh, uh-huh. So all of these things Such continue to show. happen. And my my uh, director of photography, a guy named Joe White, who's one of the most talented uh, people I've met, a complete atheist, believes in absolutely nothing. <laughs> he, uh, he was very vocal on this is all bullshit, this is all in their head, this is ridiculous. And I brought him over with me from the States. Um, he goes off in this huge thing about how everyone's bullshit and this is all fake. Yeah. As as mm. we are filming, a chandelier no. in no. the ceiling dislodges no. and wire shoots out <gasps> at an angle that makes no goddamn sense, hit him no. in his head, <gasps> sent to the emergency room. What? Now, oh my god, okay. Derek. So, so by the way, by the way, I still at this point I've never seen an apparition. I've never seen anything. But I wanted to get to the bottom of what the fuck is on these. What's where is the staircase going to a bricked up wall? Yeah, where are these things in the bottom? So I had my assistant, a guy named Carlos, uh, pull to try to find out information and not hearsay, not like rumors. I wanted information. (gasps) So they went to the library and they pulled out a bunch of articles from the early 1900s. And the basic story is a marquee owned the house. Um, What's a marquee? I don't know. Oh, like- it's, it's, it's something I, I don't know, and I don't want to spew ignorance. Okay, okay. Someone in political power who okay. had influence. Brother lived with him. The His daughter ended up missing. The marquee's daughter ended up missing. They mm. did not know where the daughter was. And the mother, um, who did not live there, eventually sent the police to try to find the daughter. 
They uncovered the daughter in the wall. No. Um, the brother killed the daughter, and the Marquis, fearing for his power, knew there was nothing he could do to save her, so he let it go. They bricked up the side of the house. Uh, the police found the daughter, uh, took the daughter, did a burial, everything like that. Yeah. The Marquis then obviously left the house. Ooh. Yeah. Now, here's what's crazy. This story is, this is I, I've hit 5%. I'm going to quickly wrap it up. Tell you the, wow. the, the I, conflict I'm so in most, into this. Yeah. Okay. After this happened, weirdos started getting the house, and they wanted to do weird stuff there, and they wanted to do sacrifice things there, and they wanted to do cult things there. So this cult, Umo, took over the house and had it for 20 or 30 years. That's the H's everywhere. Now, here's what's crazy. The, the lore and legend goes of Umo is in this house they did multiple horrible things, including human sacrifice. Now, this, oh, this is not the what? cool part. This is not the cool part. Um, after this happened... This happened, the Umo part happened in the 60s and 70s. Uh, a newspaper article came out. Two guys in Spain created Umo as a fictional pa- out of a fictional paper to prove that anyone can start a religion. Oh. By the time they realized that people took it so far as to murdering, it was oh too late. God. The belief of Umo oh, became no. real. Uh-huh. So they came off and said, it was all fake. We made it up. This is not real. Mm. Umo had then flourished all throughout <gasps> Spain. And this was one of the houses where this cult that was completely fake became yeah. real. Yeah. And so <gasps> they, they started a fictitious thing that became real. Uh, oh, my gosh. So Which it, the gosh. story is so crazy. Crazy around this house, but it ends with it ends with this. Get back to Los Angeles. Mm. And again, my entire time is just full of weird things, like people getting yeah. hurt, people getting sick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the editor, my editor, is this amazing, amazing guy who was the editor of Full Metal Jacket, Stanley oh, Kubrick's cool. cool, really old school dude. That's awesome. He goes, hey, I, just some weird stuff. Like, what is it I'm looking at? I was like, what are you talking about? <gasps> and he started showing me things in the footage that made no sense. Subtle things, but things that were absolutely, uh, and one of them you can find online on YouTube. And if you just go into 11, 11, 11, the shutters, you'll see it. Basically, um, the house is very old, and there were three huge wood shutters that opened from the outside, not the inside. So Mm -hmm. the way it worked back then was there was a string inside, and you had to pull it, but the shutters were outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It took two people to open one shutter. They're very heavy. They're wood, and they would go up. Um, there was one room where we were doing a lot of our filming, and there were three huge things of shutters. Yeah. It would have taken a total of six people to mm, open them all yeah. because they're so heavy. Then they have to be tied into, yeah, like, a, you had to tie them, and the weight was so extreme. Yeah. In the middle of this shot, in the background, they all three open at the exact same time, and it... You could that have been faked? Absolutely. It would have taken six people in planning. But there are a series of just weird, small things, but the one that was the craziest is there's a scene where... Uh, the character, Timothy Gibbs, is sitting on the bed, and it's a very quiet scene, very, very quiet. And he's sitting there, and he's he's contemplating. But in the production audio, you hear very loudly, oh very loudly, no. a voice that is not talking English or Spanish. <laughs> very, and no one references it. He doesn't reference it. The crew doesn't reference it. And I say, great, cut, moving on. So I didn't hear it either. <gasps> But you hear oh, it. And so we have all this footage. Oh, my God. And we're sending it back to the... And they're like, this is fake. You guys staged this. And we're like, oh, we did not stage this. Oh, that's so crazy. Oh, so that was... That, that moment kind of, for me, everything changed. And I started yeah. saying, okay, there is shit out there that we don't know. <gasps> there are things yeah. out there that... that you know, it's easy to turn a blind eye to, but if mm-hmm. you're open, so then I became mm-hmm. more obsessed with okay. the Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so and that, how, 
And how long ago was that? 2011 is when we made it. But I've always been, like I said, I've always been fascinated with reading everything I could on secret societies or occult stuff, and that kind of changed it for me. Yeah. I wonder if you had someone like a demonologist or something listen to that tape, if they could tell, like, what they were saying. You know, after I did a blog about it, um, you can still find it on, and I put a lot of pictures up on my website, Darren Lynn Bowsman. We got contacted by Ghost Hunters International, who I think Mm -hmm. they might have gone there. I'm not sure. I never followed up. But asking the address, asking all the questions. Okay. That, was, that, that was makes a, sense. Yeah, that was one of the, the most insane, surreal yeah. kind of oh. I'm glad you survived shooting that movie. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. That yeah. And that your wife is okay. Yeah. But that was, uh, oh, the, my final, I forgot, my, my final, like, button to yeah. the story is um, we, we took a vacation afterwards, like, literally right after, pardon me, we were done filming, and we went to Niagara Falls. Uh-huh. And on the Canadian side of Niagara Falls, it's like um tourist attraction there's like yeah. rides and there's haunted houses and then we went to a psychic and they had she had this thing I think it was haunted haunted Kathy was her name <laughs> and uh, she's a, she, we're Facebook friends so she's I love it yes so uh, we go in to her shop and as we walk in she she's behind a cash register and she stops and she looks over at me. Now, could she have known who I was? Yes. Could mm-hmm. she have been following my blog? Yes. Mm-hmm. But she walks over and she says, you just got back from somewhere overseas. And I said, how do you know that? And she goes, because I see the things you've brought back with you. And oh. she, hands me a, she hands me all of these stones and, mm-hmm. and she says, do you need to keep these? I'm not charging you for these. These do not. He goes, <gasps> wow. you need, and she's staring behind me. And she says, it's not nefarious. And she's like, but you really should keep it. And she, and ever since then, we became Facebook friends. And then oh, I my gosh. Wow. Happened, I believe her, that yeah, she I knew. Yeah, I believe sure. That, that is my crazy, yeah. uh, that's my crazy experience. Oh, hell so yeah. Cool. That's wild. Well, I mean, I, I, I don't know if I've, yeah, no, I think I've always been pretty open to that. Even though I was raised in a Catholic household, I never ever latched on to like that type of religion. Mm. Um, and I always was like scared of things in the basement or believing that there could be things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like there was energy in our show, Theater Macabre. Mm. Don't you feel like that? There was some yeah. parallels that it was like, really? Yeah. Wait, wait like what? Did creepy things well, happen? The main one I would say, there were a lot of, in, uh, the main one I would <laughs> say would be how two women who played the young version and the old version of the same character, which is a very dark character, mm-hmm. broke their foot like days apart from each Whoa. other. They both broke their fucking foot. At yeah. work, like at uh, one at one away, okay. like yeah, but Whoa, like what? Weird. There's a there's lots and, of weird stuff. And there's so the woman who played the older version, um, I had a dream about her, and I told her it was so random that she was in my dream, um, and I she was drinking almond milk, and I was yelling at her. <laughs> <laughs> it was my almond milk she was drinking, and I was like. I'm blanking on her. Rosemary. Yeah, Rosemary, Rosemary. (laughs) I was like, Rosemary, what are you doing drinking my milk? And then I told her that the next day, and she was like, are you clairvoyant? I just told her the dream, and she was like, are you clairvoyant? And I was like, a little bit, yeah, why? And she was like, I just had to go to the bone doctor today because of my <laughs> calcium, which was what caused my foot That's thing. so crazy. And it was like she was drinking milk in it. I've to- I think I've told that yeah. story on the pod, yeah. but yeah, you probably didn't know that. Yeah, I think there's lots of crazy <sighs> stuff like that. And I think also the more you read and the more I collect um, 
old occult texts. I, just, I and I, I uh, stuff from you know it could be from the Masons or the the Golden Dawn. I just go through and I, I love I love reading them. And so wow. I have yeah. a and they're all original archaic. I have stuff from the 1800s and mm-hmm. early 1900s. That's so cool. Where do you find that? Different places. Um, I'll go to old rare bookstores, or yeah. you'll find it on eBay. You'll wow. find like someone selling a lot of stuff. Uh, from the grandfather's basement, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm gonna That's buy all cool. that. Yes. I'm sure something in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's been since people know I'm into that. I also get given in a lot. Yeah, but there cool. was a, I just got given one. Yeah. Well, yeah. there was one, and it was a ritualistic order of the. Um, I do not remember the name of it now, but it was a, it was a ritualistic order, and it was something that was an offshoot of the Masons, but it wasn't mm. Masons. And it, it was the initiation rites of this thing, and you read it. Mm. And I was like, shit, this makes sense. Why don't people mm. think about this? And it's because, again, they they, they labeled it forbidden knowledge. Mm-hmm. They take it off. And I'm like, the more you read and the more you open yourself up to things, yeah. I think you can you, you process things differently. Yeah, I think totally. So that's what I've noticed as well. The more that I read, the more I process yeah. what's happening. Yeah, yeah. it's like more aware yeah, exactly. of things. And it is all perspective anyways. Like, no one knows shit. So yeah. it's like... All we know is that we don't know anything. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's what, that's like my religion is yeah. that I, I just don't know. I know that I don't know. I yeah. found the coolest um, de- de- definition of magic Ooh, that I've ever seen. And it was, what? well, it was basically, uh, it was in a book. And I, this is so crazy because I want to believe, I think it was Marilyn Manson who wrote it. And yes. it was, a, the book was called Disinformation Guide to the Occult. And it mm. was basically saying that, it's a, just because you don't know how to do something. Like, so for example, if mm. you go to a caveman and you show him a match, he looks at that and says, that's magic. But when you realize, no, it's actually this and this mixed to create this mm-hmm. thing. If you know what those ingredients mm. are, it becomes something that you can explain and you can say, no, uh, this is, this yeah. is what it is. So they, he, yes. g- he gave a reference to, um, there was a thing in a movie and it was basically, it showed a man with a tennis ball and he took a tennis ball and by just a tennis ball, he could unlock car doors uh-huh. and it looked so fake Whoa. and so ridiculous. But once you know how he did it and it yeah. was about suction and it was about knowing where to cut the tennis ball at the right time. That's the movie the next yeah. three days with Russell Crowe yes. or he does yes. it in that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And funny. I fucking love you know that. that. Yeah. Whoa, I so seen that. my thing was I became obsessed and it, <laughs> yes. it, it's real. If you know how to yes. do it. Wow. Then, so for example, if, if I were to see that, I'm like, that's not real. That's yeah. absolutely that. That can't happen. That's, that's, but no, if you know how to do it, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not, it's just, yeah. you know, now, you know, know something that wasn't in your, I guess, uh, in your like mind before. in your reality yeah. before. Yeah. So the reality is that a lot of these things that I read about regarding the occult or magic is just things that they know how to do that we don't, mm-hmm. that there are things that are not, uh, knowledgeable to the, to the common person, but yeah. if you know how to mix this and this, it creates this. Yeah. Um, so what was the def, was that the definition of magic you were talking like? Well, it, no, it just went into this whole, there's a whole book about it and it, yeah. the book is called disinformation okay. and it is a series of them and it's basically, um, and it's from the guy and I'm totally Grant Morrison. It's a, it's a bunch of people who basically wrote an essay on what magic or the occult is to them. Cool. And it's a great book. I mean, I, I'm awesome. again, yeah. this, it's disinformation, the book yeah. of magic and the occult. Okay. So if you get a chance to read it, cause it, everyone cool. talks about yeah. what it to them. Well, it's interesting. You were talking about unknown because because I've discovered the magic of the unknown and how, like, when you go towards, which we're basically saying the same thing, it's like magic is something we don't understand or this unknown. Yes. And then there's also, like, incredible power in that. Because once you, for, like, for my experience, once I've mastered going towards the unknown, not needing to know, mm-hmm. fucking magical shit yeah, you happens. you, like, get rewarded yeah. for yes. just, like, leaning into fear. And I think I've... 
I feel like that is a principle. At least I believe in it. Seems to happen. Yeah, yeah. like I agree. yeah, because yeah. like when you know something, you're essentially limiting yourself yeah. in a way. To, yeah, to because you're reality. like you're also saying what you don't know. You're saying like this is this. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is what I know. But when you admit I don't know, it's like well anything's possible. Yeah, exactly. It's more limitless. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Yeah, what, do you? Do you do like witchy stuff, yoga, <gasps> manifestation, sex magic? Yeah. <laughs> no, but I again, my the older I get, the more I'm continually looking for answers, and mm. I want to know things. And I, you know, me as a, and it's funny how much I've changed from you know 18 years old to 26 years old to now being almost 40. Mm-hmm. Um, not only tastes like as a kid, like video games have now changed to collecting antiques. Like, ah. uh, um, you know, reading reading comic books has now changed to reading texts from the 1800s that mm-hmm. have been banned. <laughs> so, um, I've cool. changed. And as yeah. that, I am more, I'll tell you what, what really interests me and excites me and just baffles me at the same time mm, yeah. is that, you know, the, the older you get, you look at people in power and you look at a lot of these people in power are members of orders and mm. things Ooh. and uh, secrets and what is it that they know? What is it that they possess? What would cause them to want to join this thing? Now you mm. could say it's, you know, it's the privileged white male who wants to be with other people doing ridiculous, stupid shit. Mm-hmm. But you go back and these go on forever and ever and ever. Mm. And so, what is that knowledge that they know? What is it that is shared about in these secret rooms, underground, mm-hmm. and basements? I think that I've become fascinated with that, and that's led me into some weird, dark, crazy <laughs> path. And some of the shit I read, I'm like, mm, I kind of buy this. I believe it. I'm, I would allow myself into this. Yeah. So. I find my opinions changing literally on a daily basis. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Open-minded. Yeah. 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 What are the kind of things that you, now I'm curious. Um, I mean, I think that, and it's hard to define. I hear myself talking. I'm like, Jesus, I sound stupid. No, I, no, we do that all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It's just like you mentioned it before. I think that most people wake up and they're, they, they want to be comfortable. They Mm -hmm. want to, they want to drink their coffee and they want to watch the TV program. And Mm. they, they basically allow themselves to have blinders on and not realize there's other shit out there or they want to experience it. To me, I'm all about questioning everything and yes. wanting to be uncomfortable and step outside of my comfort oh, zone. I love it. Yes. And, uh, and that's I think all that's, witchy. Yeah. And yeah. as I've as I've become older, it's not wanting to be as comfortable, not wanting to mm. do these things that make me comfortable, but try mm. to be uncomfortable and step out of things. Is so. it? Do you have to push yourself more as you get older to be uncomfortable? Well, mm. I or? think why I started, like, here's my thing, and this is going back to movies and now immersive theater. But yeah. So I, I started off in a very lucky position that I was able to do three very huge, very yeah. successful horror movies back yeah. to back. And I realized that I fell into a very comfortable routine mm. that oh. they were opening number one. And I was, I remember this is the craziest, most surreal moment of my life. Um, I used to, when I was in my twenties, I had Maxim magazine mm-hmm. and I remember that I got called one afternoon by Maxim magazine <gasps> for an interview and I didn't know where it was going to be or what it was going to be. And I got the magazine and it was, I want to say it was like top 30, the 30 most influential people in Hollywood under 30. Wow. And it was like, I was right above Paris, Perez Hilton. <gasps> oh Perez. gosh. And I was Perez. like, oh my God, I'm, I'm influential. <laughs> I had this very easy track and I was, I could have stayed in that, but it was too easy and I felt mm. too comfortable. So mm. I said, I want to do the thing that makes me the most uncomfortable and I want to mm. make a musical and I'm going to put Paris Hilton cool. in it and I'm going to yes. put Sarah Brightman in it. 
and I'm going to do something that is completely opposite. Mm-hmm. And it was so cool. advised so against cool. me from everyone, from my agents, from my manager, yeah. from everyone. Don't do it. You're, yeah. you're fucking it up. You, you have a straight line right now. Yeah. And I've done that throughout my life on everything. The minute that things start to make sense, I jump. And I Good. Love it. Yes. And that's where immersive theater came through. Yes. That, um, I remember I yep. had done five movies kind of back to back, and they were all... There were all these independent movies that would end up on Netflix, and I was making a paycheck, but there was nothing rewarding about mm-hmm. it. And I said, I got to do something different. Yes. And I took a year off, and I traveled. I went to I went to London, and I went to Japan, and I went to Germany, and I saw these crazy immersive theater things going. Mm. I said, that's what I Yeah, yeah. And so after I did the first one, I was like, okay, this is awesome, but how do I do it again but not be comfortable and make it? Uh-huh. So I did this thing called Lust, which is basically all about sex magic. And mm-hmm. it was, Hell yes. And so... Um, that was literally audience walked into a quasi sex party and it was wow. so and cool. So that's what I found myself doing more and more as I get older is just taking more and more risks. Push mm-hmm. boundaries. Good. Yes. Yes. That's what it. I want for my life. I, I just had this talk last night with the guy I'm seeing. Like we're we're being very um, open about discussing all that because I'm I'm pretty non-traditional and feeling like I want to stay open and not be totally monogamous and all these things that you have to like really communicate about. And we were both talking about and so agreeing, like, we just don't, we don't want to, A, lose ourselves in a relationship or, like, to the other person, but also we just don't want to be comfortable. Like, we have both had this journey of seeing how being uncomfortable and pushing yourself has led to the best opportunities and, like, the happiest we've ever been. Yeah, I don't, I don't ever want to feel. Keep growing. These these small moments remind me of it every day. I did a show in Tokyo and I was in, I was in Japan for maybe three months and again, I was very comfortable when I was there. I, I was in a great, yeah. I was in a great location, and I had a big screen TV, and all the food was provided. And it was amazing, and you fall into these routines because you're like, okay, this is comfortable, and I can mm-hmm. do this. I was uh, two events happened there, and they were the most memorable of all the times in Japan. And the first one was. I was in a taxi, and my phone died, and they spoke zero English. Oh, I had no. no idea where I was going, and I had oh no gosh. idea how to communicate with them. Oh. And so I got lost in Tokyo with no phone, oh. and it, it was amazing, and I, I was out it was in the middle amazing. of the I had no idea where the hell I was or what yes, I was doing. it is cool. And, and I ended up, like, going to bars by myself mm. and, and, you know, drinking with people that I would never drink with, and it was amazing. And it only <laughs> happened because I was forced outside of my comfort zone. Yes, totally. Yes. The second one of those, which was even more fucked up is um, I was meeting my wife and kid they flew in to see me and we were going to uh, this place called Kyoto which was an amazing place in Japan and I had to take a bullet train to get there mm. and we got done shooting for the night and I get on the bullet train and uh, I fall asleep and when I wake up <gasps> I realize we're still going and none of the names are sounding familiar oh. to me. And so, and <laughs> no. this is something you get out of a movie. I, I, I look up and there's like one guy sleeping and there's no one else. So I oh, walk man. through the train and I go to a conductor. There's a guy walking and I kept pointing and I, he walks away and I hear him like he kind of really quickly talking to another person. Yeah. Neither of them spoke a word of English mm. and they were, they, all they could do is point the other way. And I realized that I rode the bullet train two hours in the wrong direction. Oh. And so that, what happened in the next two and a half hours is when I had to get off the train and try to figure out how to get back to where I needed to go. Yeah. Mm. It was awesome. And it was, it was, it was like, I felt alive because it is like a, it's like I'm here Life's giving you a test. Yeah. Yep. I felt. You have no choice but to just power through. To create an immersive theater talk, I fell off the track. Yeah. There was a track that I was (laughs) And it was a train track. (laughs) Yeah. And I went off of it. And I did my own storyline. Yeah. I think that that is what life has become now. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. That hits home so Sometimes. 
I do love when my phone dies because like, oh. oh, awesome. I just get to be here in the moment. Uh-huh. And like, I don't need to answer to anyone. The other day, my phone was dead and I walked around Los Feliz in the rain for like two hours. It was magical. Yes. You know what sucks when having a phone that. now? And this is where like, I remember when I got my first phone, I was yeah. working at Best Buy. I was oh 17 years old in Kansas. Oh, uh, are you from Kansas? I'm from Kansas, oh, nice. yeah. Cool. Are you a Scorpio? Uh, I'm a Capricorn. Capricorn. Mm. Oh, cool. Okay. Uh, and I remember, <laughs> like, now everyone has their phones with them everywhere they go. Mm. And so if you send a text or an email, you know they've read it. Mm. Uh-huh. You know it's right I hate there. This, and so now you're, you're, you're chained to this thing where if I don't <sighs> respond to somebody, they it, know. Used, it used to be like you can go days and uh-huh. be like, oh, I didn't check it. Now you know that they have read yeah. your shit. Yeah. And so uh, there's something Sex. green about not just having your phone off. Well, totally. I like how we, at least, and like Leah and I and our friendship, have talked about this where we give each other the respect of like even if we read it we know you're not like you're not giving yourself phone time or you're selecting time to not be on your phone we know that about each other as people yeah so we don't feel disrespected but we like Mm. had to clarify not had to we naturally did it but but we clarified that like that's a thing you'd have to establish with someone well i just wonder how it's going to change in a few years because i grew up no cell phone (sighs) got a cell phone now i have one my son right now who's who's just turned four years old he can do everything yeah he's it's crazy he's so cute and older (laughs) He, uh, he can do everything on the phone and oh iPad, and he will never know a world where it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Like, I had 16 years without, you know, having to check email every five yeah. seconds. Mm. So it's... Uh, Four years old, man. I had yeah. 16. I, had, I got my first phone when I was 15, and I didn't want one. I've always mm. been like that. Um, and I also didn't understand texting and didn't have that for a long time before yeah. when other people from? did. Oh, Ohio. Oh, so that's right. You're Midwest too. I forgot that. Yeah. Where are yeah. you from? Pennsylvania. Yeah, we all yeah. are. Yeah. I got mine like when I was 16. Yeah. You know but what's but you know I'm what afraid technolo- we're I think because like I, I need my alone time. Day. I don't uh, like being I'm going to tell you where that as a parent changed me though about implants. Implants? Well, no. Because not breast implants. Yeah, no, no, no. But like microchip. Because I said that's what I. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so. You know, one of my other favorite topics is just conspiracy theories. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, yeah. I'm a huge conspiracy theorist. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I'm very anti, like, you know, I'll leave cell phones. If I'm having a really deep conversation, I'll put my cell mm-hmm. phone in like six mm-hmm. rooms away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was at Legoland with my kid. And this is, as a parent, the worst thing that can happen to you. Mm. One of the worst. Um, I'm at Legoland with my kid. And this is, again, something out of a movie where it's just him and I, uh, and we are at an intersection where there are four <gasps> pathways, two going up and two going down. There's a food court in the middle. Mm-hmm. And so Henry and I just had lunch, and I'm sitting on a bench, and he's like, can I go throw it in the trash? I said, yes, you can. And so Henry goes and throws it in the trash. How old is and he? And he's three at this time. Okay. Two and a half, three. Okay. Um, as he, that's so funny. He's uh, calling. <laughs> as, as he throws it in the trash, I look down. And when I look back up, there is a school that is crossing and going in all four directions. (gasps) When the school Mm. thinks stop, it's empty. Henry doesn't know Henry. He's completely gone. And Mm. I stand up and I jump up and I start freaking out. Mm. Henry, Henry, Henry. Dread. Uh, And within a minute and a half, tears are flying down. It's like, how am I going to tell tell my wife? (gasps) Oh, my my God. This is horrible. What am I going to do? And about 10 minutes later, I I just had a thought. I have a watch for him, and the watch is a, it's like a protective watch, and it can only do two things. He can push one button on it, and it calls oh. me, and I can call him, and more importantly, it shows me where he is. That's so and cool. And so I wow. forgot about it, and I quickly pulled out my phone, 
and it wasn't that helpful. It just said he's in Legoland, but it okay. allowed me, but, but, but at least you knew he was still yeah. there. It allowed me to call the phone, and he didn't pick it up, but I could hear. I could hear. Yeah. I can hear announcements. So I knew oh, that he was freaking okay. out. Yeah. Um, but that one thing, that one moment, helped me as a parent be like, mm. lose, possibly lose the most important thing of my life yeah. Yeah. as a kid. So, you know, again, 20-year-old Darren would have been like, fuck the government, fuck the government. Yeah. Like, something helped me find my kid I mean, yeah. that I thought I could have lost. Yeah. Oh, I shit on iPhone all the time, but the other day I was, like, at a com- or the other day, a few weeks ago, I was at a conference, um, and some guy, like, accidentally took my phone off of a table, and then I used, I used that, find my, uh, find my, my iPhone. iPhone. And it was yeah. the first time I ever used it, and I knew that it yeah. was in the conference center. I didn't know where. Um, oh. And then it turns out the guy who ended up accidentally taking my phone was this guy who was was doing a presentation on how Facebook and Google steals your information. So oh I was like, literally, God. a more well, perfect person yeah. could have stole my phone. He's trying a, to steal my info. A one, I'll try to make it a one-minute quick scary story that, that just yes. happened this year, two years ago, last year. I don't know what time it is or day it is. Uh, <laughs> recently. Same. It's um, not linear anyway. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Time's my, not real. <laughs> my wife uh, says, I'm going to go take the kids to the park. I'll be back in a half hour. <laughs> About an hour passes, and I call her phone, go straight to voicemail. Um, this is before I had find my friends. So yeah. I go straight to voicemail. Uh, maybe 15 minutes later, my phone rings and it's from an unblocked number. Mm-mm. Did not recognize the number and I answer it. And <gasps> I hear someone yelling very loudly <gasps> and, and I hang up. And then the phone rings back a minute later and the person goes, Darren, if you hang up on again, you're going to, you will kill your wife. And I said, what? what the and then all of a sudden what? I hear a woman go, Darren, Darren, they have us. And what? then I was like, what? And then I hear screaming. I hear scruffling. And the guy goes, listen very closely, Darren. We have Laura and your kid. They were at the wrong park at the wrong time. So I hang up again immediately <gasps> and I call 911. Uh, 911 puts me on hold. So I have 911 on the phone and I see them calling back. Yeah. I, on my house phone, call my wife again, straight to voicemail. Um, I pick back up terrifying. the phone and the guy says, uh, Darren, Listen, I'm a businessman. This is a business transaction. I don't know your wife. She might be the greatest person in the world. If you hang up this phone again, you will be the one that causes you and your kid's death. Listen, what you're going to do, you're going to get in the car right now and you're going to go to the bank. And in the meantime, I'm hearing a woman screaming in the background. And they knew a lot of things about my life, a lot of things. And I uh, luckily had someone in the house with me and I start recording the call. So Mm. I start, I start, I put it on speaker. He starts recording it. Yeah. Please call back because I hung up on them. They call yeah. back within five minutes, ten minutes. Uh, the FBI was on the phone oh my trying God. to track everything. Yeah. It was a scam, um, and it's a mm. thing where they basically buy your information. Wow. So, like, someone sells them your just very oh. subtle information about you, your name, your wife's, wife's name. name. And oh, here's, my God. I, I felt kind of smart oh. on, on uh, how I was able to figure it out. Um, after talking to him for maybe 11 minutes, because you're, mm. you're, they're yelling at you and you're not yeah. thinking. You're not yeah. thinking. They're mm-hmm. just being yelled at. And yeah. all you're thinking is the worst. Like my wife, they have my wife. Yeah. Mm. As I said, put my daughter on the phone. I want to talk to my daughter. Mm. And I only had a, I only had a boy. Yeah. And they go, your daughter's fine. And I knew at that <gasps> moment. And yeah. that's where I, I was like, nice. But it was so scary in that moment. So right after that, I got find my friends. And I was like, yeah. I need to know where you are. And I got mm. my son that watch, oh, which yeah. is like. It sucks, yeah. though, that we need these things to just right. like, it's like why can't people just not scam be yeah be i got scammed by movies. the quote irs once and i was on the phone with them for an hour and a half um and i 
like while I was on the phone, I had to drive to Wells Fargo, get cash out, and yeah. then I had to drive to a Rite Aid to try to put it on a prepaid oh card. My gosh. It was a whole fucking thing. It was terrifying. And then at the end, when I got to Rite Aid, I'm so glad. Actually, I saw Tara Reed there. Oh, oh. Tara Reed, yeah, I saw Tara Reed there that day. But as I was walking in, I, uh, yeah, I. Uh, saw there was like a paper on top of the thing that said if someone is on the phone with you from the IRS and they tell you to put cash on a prepaid card it is a scam hang up wow and so then I hung up um, Lucky you fucking but saw like that. hey if anyone's listening out there, stop scamming people. Yeah. Just, that would be very nice. Dumpster fire of human beings. Yeah. yeah. I got leave any scammer listeners. Yeah. I got almost <laughs> scammed, but I didn't give over any real information. But it was so fucking subtle and detailed. And I feel like mm. I'm really aware of that stuff. And they totally tricked me. And it was for... Um, a, a house to rent and they they had pictures of everything and like the description made sense and they even sent me to the house but they mm. were like um, the tenants are moving out by the third just give them a day please don't disrupt them but you can go see it like I want you to see the neighborhood make Oof. sure you like it and yeah. then we'll There's some and it was all it was shitty yeah and I even talked to him on the phone <laughs> wow People yeah. enrage me. That's why I become yeah. more and more reclusive the older I get. Like, oh, you're oh. lucky that you fall in my zone. Like, I literally yeah. have like a five mile zone from my house. I yeah, walk. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Because like, I just people they, they just I get yeah I, I get I get angry a lot. But mm. just again, how horrible people can be to one another. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay, it is card time. All right. Have you ever had your cards read? I have, but okay. it's been a while. Okay. Okay. So hold the cards and just kind of like touch them. Get this is Let kind of getting get your energy. You. Okay. Feel that, mm-hmm. feel the cards, yeah. And then let's talk about, um, is there anything you want guidance on? Do you have a um, question or like well, a... it's always, always career because okay. I'm, mm. I'm constantly in my mm-hmm. in my career changing what I do and, and the type of things that I do. Yep. Mm. And uh, I do have some very exciting career things in front of me. Cool. And then we are uh, constantly struggling on what to do or commit to. Okay. Mm. So I, I would say if anything, it's going to be career. Okay. Ooh, I'm very excited. Okay, just hold the deck to your heart. Yep. Yeah, facing you. Mm. Let's all take a deep breath. Hold it. Cool. Leah, I'll it's take this. That's so funny. I had a feeling too that uh, yeah, I, yeah, I just knew you were gonna do. I hope this. that doesn't make me douchey that I'm talking about my career. It's no, like, it's always yeah, love or career is always career. what it yeah. is. Yeah, for me too. Yeah. Um, okay, very excited. Okay, so these new opportunities. Yeah, and um, to know what is your intention? Do you want clarity, encouragement, honesty? Uh, clarity. I have some very different things. Okay. Uh, I think I know what I want to do, but again, it's been a constant back and forth with my wife and I for the last week. Okay. So oh, well. okay. Yeah. So we need yeah. clarity. Cool. About Does Darren need career? to know about his career? Hmm. That's it. Ooh. <gasps> Green Tara, start delegating. Interesting. Ask others, including me, to help you instead of trying to do everything by yourself. All right. Wow. Does that have any Does that resonate? Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, as we've been sitting here, my lawyer has been calling me. Oh my gosh, about, to delegate? About, yeah. About, about this? The, about this. So that's. Wow. Uh, Whoa. Uh, that's yeah. great. Oh my gosh. Okay. I don't think we've pulled this on no. the podcast before, so Mm-mm. this is extra exciting. Okay. Well, uh, can you describe the picture, the colors, all that jazz? For listeners. 
the, you mean with the card is? Yeah. Uh, the card is green. Uh, it has got a uh, t- t- blue kind of background, which I guess is the sky, mm-hmm. uh, mountains. Uh, and who is sitting here? Because I don't want to say Green Tara. Green Tara. Oh, that is Green Tara. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And Green Tara is sitting kind of in front of the mountains mm. uh, with a beautiful kind of aura around her. Mm. Uh, yeah. Cool. Right, okay, cool. let's find out. Message from Green Tara. Mm. When you feel resentment in your heart because you're carrying more than your share of the load, you're doing no favors for anyone, including yourself. You need to ask for help to ensure that you have private time for contemplation and rest. One of the reasons why I'm able to sit so peacefully is that I know the secret of true productivity. It doesn't come through struggle or strife. Rather, it comes from a clear and focused mind that's unchallenged by indecisiveness. You see, making decisions is the shortest route to triumphant passages. Once you make up your mind, the rest follows quite naturally. Oh my God! I therefore urge you to sit quietly and follow the footsteps of your mind. Be open to your heart's meanderings. They will quietly lead you to make your most important decisions, and the rest will fall into place. I mean, I oh my god! I have so many goosebumps right now. That's great. Wait, it's literally describing that you just need to get some space, quiet, mm-hmm. and then you'll be able to make the decision, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Well, you know, it's again as as things have changed, I'm in a new chapter of my life. Mm-hmm. That is the hardest thing for me as a parent because mm. I'm dealing with a, a beautiful daughter who is mm-hmm. only just turning six months and daughter. a four year old kid oh. <laughs> who is a four year old son who is uh, constantly demanding attention and a yeah. wife who's oh, screaming eighty percent of the time. Yeah. Oh my gosh! So uh, it's quiet time for the the hardest. Like, That's yeah. why I need right. to find, seek them out. Mm. <gasps> Okay, well, that feels really Seek it out. True. Yes. yes. Okay, so then this gives us the various meanings of the, the card. Any of these could apply or just one or multiple. Okay. Don't try to be a superwoman or superman. Mm. Give your children chores. Whoa! Henry, I gotta be sweeping. <laughs> Get to work, buddy. <laughs> Ask your partner for help. Okay, in between when she's yelling. <laughs> Laura, you have to stop yelling. Laura. Yes. No. Laura. Shh. Yeah. Yeah. There you go, Henry. On a podcast, yeah. but these are the times. <laughs> Windex. Okay. Yeah. Um, accept assistance as it's offered to you. Mm. That's hard for me. Release guilt or the belief that it's weak to ask for help. And be a team player. Got it. So... Cool. Is there already a team involved in whatever this? Uh, there, there, there is. Okay. Uh, this, this card holds a lot of significance after hearing that. Wow. Wow. So, Very yeah. cool. Yes. I love yes. it. I love it. Um, okay. So this is just. And it's for green, the color of money. So I yeah. take that as success. You also want to even take it another step further. We've mentioned the same person twice on the podcast name. Tara. And how you both had stories with her. Yes. That's crazy. crazy. Oh, my gosh. It's real. Um, A little history about Green Tara. Uh, Tara is a Hindu and Buddhist goddess whose name means star in the ancient Sanskrit um, language. Her many personality and aspects are represented by different colors. Green Tara is known for being a speedy helper who offers emergency aid and provides rapid understanding Mm. of situations and relationships clarity. Mm. She rescues us by empowering us to save ourselves. 
So awesome. fucking wow. Ugh. Love it. Yes. Love it. Um, Great poll. Okay. Good, good. Do you yes. want to just seal the reading? Give that. Seal the touch deal. Touch the card or like thank yes. the card. Yeah. Yes. Ugh. Hold it back to the heart. Yes. yes. Good. Good instinct. Yes. Good instinct. Yeah, oh, please. Well, actually, we'll keep it for a picture. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Um, <laughs> okay. So do you have anything you want to plug um, for a wrap up? No, I think that... Uh, you know, one of the things I'm really excited about moving on to the new year and this mm-hmm. cr- the career I'm starting to do now is more yeah. and more this immersive theater. Mm-hmm. I think as as a as a viewer of entertainment, we've become much too passive. We mm-hmm. sit back and we just again we veg out. Yep. And I I love being entertained, but I want to do it in a way that it co- encourages you to be dangerous and mm-hmm. encourages you to take risks and, and do make things. You think. think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what's so great about what we're doing now with we just did it with Theater Macabre, which mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm. you were fantastic mm-hmm. in. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> is to have the audience get out and explore and interact and engage each other mm-hmm. uh, and do things they normally would not do. Hell and I yeah. think that that's what art needs to do more of is be more dangerous and, and, and encourage you to hell yeah. get out of your comfort zone. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, I, I encourage you to follow what we're doing uh, mm-hmm. on the experiences. That's the name of kind of the company. Mm-hmm. Um, you can. Find I was just going to say you're giving people an experience. Yeah. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. So I would say just keep. We're going to do something every year. Yeah. Uh, and they're going to get bigger and yeah. more intense. Hell yeah. Uh, so I'd say that. And I have two films coming out. Um, one of them starring Sabrina Kern, who was yes. actually inside uh, Theater Macabre. Yeah. Well, oh, cool. Uh, called Saint Agatha, which is a really cool film. It's a uh, basically set in a convent in the 1950s. Uh, it's it's based on real stories of women who were shamed back in the 50s mm. that they could not have a baby out of wedlock. Mm. And so they would go to convents and the this is about a a convent and the horrible things that would take place and kind of how Sabrina and her friends fight back. Uh, it's, it's really it's really great. Awesome. Uh, that comes out in February and then I have another nice. film coming out with Maggie Q. Uh, called The Death of Me, which I just shot in Bangkok. Oh, which, cool. Uh, yeah, so I have those two things on the horizon. Okay. Can't wait Great. to see them. Awesome. Um, okay, and then we like to wrap up with one thing we're grateful for, a basic, basic blessing. blessing. Um, I will start. I am very grateful for you and the <laughs> Saw movies. Um, truly, I was so excited that you were coming on this because I always loved, I love horror movies, but what I especially have always loved about the Saw trilogy or series, whatever you want to call yeah. it, franchise, I don't know, um, is that like there's always a lesson in mm-hmm. that like your actions have repercussions. And yeah. if you are a bad person, you might get away with it for a long time, but eventually Jigsaw is going to come and fucking kill you. <laughs> Fuck you up. Yes. Um, so yeah, just like be a good person. Uh, thank you. Yeah. yeah um, so thank you. I'm yeah. grateful for the more I'm grateful for how many people I'm meeting that understand getting out of your comfort zone, mm. like you, like you mm-hmm. <laughs> and like this guy I'm seeing. Yeah. Very grateful. Yeah. Um, I am thinking what's crazy right before I came here, uh, I was at my son's school. It's his, it was his birthday oh. and we got to do his happy birthday. Do your chores. Yeah, <laughs> but not having this family that I have yeah. encourages me and la- allows me to see things that were never exciting to me again and be excited. Like when you Mm. look at things through his eyes, you realize things that we take for granted actually are cool. So like, Mm. for example, he found a spider yesterday (laughs) and he he took the spider and put it in his like little bug kit and her magnifying glass. 
and he was like, Daddy, look at the spider. It's so cool. And, like, I see them, and I, I just walk over them. And then I looked at it with Henry, and I saw it through his eyes. Ooh. And I'm like, this is really cool. Yeah. And we looked at the spider for, like, a half hour, and, it, and he told me things about it. And I was like, I didn't even think of a spider like this. And then we walked outside, and he let the spider go. And he said, bye, spider. And yeah. it was just this awesome thing about it reminds me to see things in a different way, which yeah. I'm not used to seeing. Yeah. So the family that constantly allows me to look at things differently. That's oh, so beautiful. That's yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, thank you for, for being, being, being a witch. It's been great here. Hell yes. Great. All right. All right.